This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hey, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is, as usual, the very fantastic Jojo, to whom I say hello, Jojo. How did you do? Jojo, we are doing fine. We're doing alright, alright, alright. How was your week? It was, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty yeah, good. it was. It wasn't a bad week for neither of us, right? So yeah. we were like, yeah, this is a cool week. We could take that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we could do that. Good. I went, to, I went to a little festival yesterday, and I, I won a rare plant, which was super exciting. What? <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this is how boring Juju is. Yes, <laughs> it is. Juju is. is a botanist at heart. <laughs> I should start putting plants behind me in this room too. But yeah, my, my living room and everything is, is full of plants. But Full of I, plants. I, I went to a little festival yesterday and there was a lot of plant booths. And I plant a, bought a plant from a booth and they did a little raffle and I, I want to... A rare uh, ring of fire for anybody who who knows about plants will be excited for me. So. Anyway, rain, 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 rain. the yes. ring of fire. <laughs> <laughs> why did you get me started? I don't know why it's called that though, because it's not red or anything. I need to look up and see why it's called a, a ring of fire. But maybe, a ring maybe of they, fire. Maybe they just named it after Johnny Cash because they like Johnny Cash's Cash. song. I don't know. Yeah, that might well be. So, what what does it look like though? It's really pretty. It's um, it's like a, a got a, like a serrated leaf edges, sort of, and and white oh. white speckles, and it's kind of cool looking. Kind of cool. It kind of looks like something you'd see in a uh, like a predator movie or something. Oh. Like it could come to life and eat you. Of course, that's the kind of plant you like. Of course. <laughs> That's the kind of plan I want. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I get the whole ring of fire thing. <laughs> this shit can eat you. <laughs> right. So we're happy that you are here with us today, ladies and gentlemen. And for that, not only are we grateful, but we are getting ready to talk about a little movie on Netflix, that was, for the most part, last week, the number one movie on Netflix. And it is starring Mila Kunis. And it's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it because I've got my things to say. But for mm -hmm. the most part, it's actually a very good movie. Mm -hmm. I think the structure of this movie is actually quite interesting. And uh, it, it deals with, with a very serious matter, but I, I probably have some things to say about the way they went about filming it. Uh, uh, but mm -hmm. Luckiest Girl Alive is not what you think it is. <laughs> that, let's just put it, put it like that. So, Jojo, let's get started by hearing what you have to say about it. I know that you, you don't have, you said you didn't mind the movie, but let's hear a bit more about that. I well, I think that Netflix made a big mistake in their marketing of this one because uh, they, in the way the world is and in the way things are changing and in the way these things are changing for the better, is that we some of us need 
some more warning as to what's going to be going on in a movie than just a, a rating system. Yeah. And um, we've kind of come to expect that from the streaming services because it is something that you have in your home. It's something you've kind of welcomed into your home. And it's it's different than going to a movie theater and seeing it and being able to just leave yeah. because then you've left it behind. Yes. But when it's a streaming service and you welcomed it into your home, that it's on your television, in your living room, that's kind of disturbing. So with all of that being said, this movie was marketed as everything that I read, which they have since updated it, but due to some backlash and outcry, but I agree with the backlash and the outcry was that this movie was marketed as being about a survivor of a school shooting, which it is, but that's not really what it's about. That's kind of tangential to yes. what the real story is, which is about rape and assault. And it's yes. very graphically portrayed, yes. very, very graphically portrayed. And I think we should start the show by saying that, because if you're going to watch this movie, you need to know this going in. Yes, This is not something that should catch you by surprise. And uh, it certainly caught me by surprise, especially by how graphic it was. And yeah, so there's that. <laughs> yes, I think to me this is the most disturbing part of it is that we don't need to show an actual rape in order for the the audience to understand that a girl was raped. And I know that probably if you don't agree with me in that respect you'll say that I'm I'm a snowflake or whatever. But I really don't care. It's just that rape is disturbing, you know, and um, there are ways to portray, to, to tell a story without having to recreate something uh, that horrible. And I, I suppose the question for me is, what's the point? Like, why show it, you know? What exactly, other than pure sensationalism, why are we showing this? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know if anybody will disagree with that, you know, because I mean, gore is gore or whatever. Like, you know, we watch movies all the time where people are, in, are being beheaded and blah, blah, blah. But like even in, in, in shows where people are being beheaded or you know, impaled and what, whatever, you don't actually see the act. You just see the the sword going in and then the head on the floor or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it it, it spares you the, the gross details of it. And I'm not saying that the stories of rape survivors sh should not be told right? Not at all. I'm just saying that if we imply that a rape survivor was raped in a movie and we show the most minimum of it, I don't think anybody is going to have any doubt uh, as to whether or not the rape happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no need to show a young girl been raped over and over and over again in the most violent way possible. And this, to me, was what made watching this movie absolutely painful. Um, more than anything else, it's because how much of how much it dwells on this portion 
of the story and how the the storyteller, the, the, the writers insisted on making it as graphic as possible. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if 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 I'm you know I'm over, being oversensitive in that respect. I I don't think you're being oversensitive at all. Um, I do I think disagree with you a little bit in that, and I I don't think that rape should ever be used as a plot point. I don't think it should ever be used as something to move the story along. I don't think it should ever be used as something to make the show more quote unquote exciting. This particular movie, though, the, the whole the whole pathos of the character of Annie is the rape essentially defined her and who she was up until the events of, of this documentary that we see happen. So like 15 years, I believe it's 15 or 16 years. So for 15 or 16 years, what happened to her? that night defined everything about her and who she was and her motivations and the fact that she stopped being anything at all like herself and the the fact that that happened to her also was perhaps in part the catalyst for what happened at the school shooting so I'm I'm not saying that I'm an advocate for showing graphic rape on screen. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that I think we needed to see some of the horribleness that happened to her to be able to understand the way she is at the point we meet her as an adult. That but again, like I said, I don't I don't know that we needed to see the graphicness of it. The only other thing I will say about that is that the writer of the book and who was also the screenwriter for the movie, this is based on something that happened to her when she was the same age, when she was a child, when she was 14. And she felt that it was important to include in the book as well as the movie. So for a victim herself or a survivor, whichever term you prefer, she felt that it was something that the public needed to see. And Again, I'm not saying that that's something that I want to see, but I can also respect the fact that an artist is saying, I need you to see this to understand my pain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree. Um, I don't disagree with the the writer's point of view, but it's just for me, it was a bit too much. And so I, I, uh, no, I, it, I kind of suffered through it, to be honest. It's, it's, it, yeah, that's the best way to put it is to suffer through it. And I, I think, I think in the case of this, I didn't find it salacious in that it was a, that's what we did. We suffered through it. She suffered through it and we suffered through it. It wasn't anything other than completely horrible and portrayed as something completely horrible. To me, it wasn't portrayed as, oh, I don't know, sort of glamorized. I've seen that in movies and I don't quite know how to put my finger on it or how to explain it, but it it almost has like fancy camera angles and looks yeah. slick. And this was not that way at all. This was portrayed. So you were incredibly uncomfortable. And um, I, as you said, you suffered through it. I suffered through it. And I, I, I do think that was a conscious choice on their part to try to make us understand why she was basically a shell 
for 16 years yeah. and and tried to find personality and meaning in other people as opposed to what she actually wanted herself. Very well then. So before we move any further then, Georgia, I suppose mm -hmm. you will help our audience understand what we're talking about and what this uh, movie, Luckiest Girls, Girl Alive, is about. Anyway. I will do my best. <laughs> or let's hear it. So uh, this movie is based on a book of the same name from 2015. Um, it was written by Jessica Knoll, who, uh, as I mentioned earlier, also wrote the screenplay. It is the story of a woman who lives in New York City, who apparently has it all. She has a fabulous life. She has money. She has a beautiful fiance. She has, you know, a great job and, and, and all the things anybody would ever want, but she's, she's not a good person or a nice person or a kind person. And that's okay, but she's not happy with the fact that she's not those things. And you kind of discover through a few strange kind of flashbacks and things like that, that something must have happened to her when she was a young person. And the story progresses and kind of shows that she's kind of grew up on the wrong side of the track. She went to this very prestigious boarding school on a scholarship. She was bullied. She was raped. She, there was a shooting at the school. And this is the, the, the story of her trying to, I guess, after 16 years, realizing that even though she kept just trying to put it in a box and close it up and put it away, that it just kept popping out of the box and affecting her in ways she didn't even understand. You know, she was angry all the time and would take it out on others who weren't necessarily the ones who had caused <laughs> anything that had actually made her angry. So this is kind of the story of her attempt at redemption and not really revenge, though. I think maybe for some people, they would hope it would just be a straight revenge picture, but it, it really isn't. There is some, I think, self-redemption, but there's not really a huge element of, of revenge in it. But that's that's basically what it's about, her story and, and trying to come back to being human. Yeah. So while I was watching this movie, I thought about something, and it was if you never understood, if you are ever one of those people who asked, why didn't you come forward? Why didn't you go with the to the police? Why didn't you report this? And why so many years later? You should watch this movie and understand what comes behind it. I mean, this girl was encouraged to go forward, was encouraged to actually go to the police, was encouraged to, to not be a victim, to actually report and, and let, be, let it be known what happened to her, that she was gang raped. The one issue keeping her from making it all a secret was the judgment of her actual mother. Yes. Was in, in immediately <laughs> when it came out, not that she was raped, but rather she, it was portrayed as though she had had consensual sex with several different people. The first thing that came out of her mother's mouth was, you disgust me. Yes. You disgust me. 
And so, yes. and so <laughs> this is the reason, like, there are a number of reasons, like millions of reasons why a revealed victim would feel like no one is going to listen to me and at some point I'm going to be blamed. You have to see the interaction of the headmaster with, which uh, I think I like what they did with the headmaster. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I read an interview or a, a, an actual art article. Uh, it's in Vogue magazine. It's available online by the, the author. Uh, let's see, I've forgotten her name that fast. Jessica Knoll. And she, when this happened to her, when she was a child, she was in the hospital and she asked the nurse, actually the doctor, not a nurse, a doctor. She asked the doctor, is what happened to me rape because she didn't, she didn't know she was quite, I don't want to, I don't know what the word is, but I mean, she was a child. That's what the word is. She was a child. Yeah. And, and the doctor said, I can't tell you what your experience was and ran out of the room. And I just, that is, <laughs> that made me so angry for her as a child and so angry if if that had been my daughter and someone said that to her, well, I can't tell you what your experience was. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yes. You're so you're so invested in covering your own ass that you can't say, Yes, you were absolutely fucking raped. Yes. That's what happened. Yes. You're 14. Yes. Let's call the fucking cops. I mean, I it's 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 the culture of 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 questioning young women as to what actually happened to them is absolutely disgusting. What a complete abdication of the Hippocratic Oath yes. for a doctor yes. to tell a patient, well, that was an experience, so I can't tell you what it was. Did Are you kidding me? A 14-year-old, yeah. a 14-year-old with alcohol in her bloodstream and telling you, you, you know, I, I was raped. I think I was raped. Is this rape? Yeah. You are an adult. You are a doctor. Yeah. Yet you think, yeah, that was an experience. I can tell you what that experience was. That's that's absolute fucking bullshit. Yeah. You know. And 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 I will be honest. It was it was. She also says in the article that it was a a woman. 
the doctor was a woman who this is you're typically a, a female doctor is assigned to a woman who has been sexually assaulted you don't typically see a man but it was also a fellow woman that said to her i can't tell you what your experience was and that is even more egregious because a fellow woman should instantly be angry because one it's probably happened to her Two, she, I don't know how old she was, but it's possible she had daughters or children. Yeah. And to just be like, eh, I don't know. I can't tell you what your experience was. Bye. I, I am horrified for the author. And I, I think that the, I think that this movie, although not as well done as one would have liked for the subject matter, is trying. And I think, I think Mila Kunis puts in a great performance. I agree. And I think that I think that this is uh, you know if this is a good stepping stone if you're trying to figure out things to to educate yourself on on what it's like to be a a survivor or a victim of of a of an assault because I I do think that a lot of it is portrayed pretty realistically yes a little too much uh, perhaps a little too much yeah and but but also at the same time in the sense of um the fallout of the school and the way her mother treated her and you know what happened to the one teacher who attempted to get help for her so i i, I do think that there are some some elements some grains of truth in this movie that that are, are worth worth watching for i don't think that the it deserves the the terrible terrible reviews it got <laughs> i i do think that it it it's it, it mila kunis is very very good in this yeah so i i totally agree with with your your take on mila kunis performance here because if it as painful as the story of this character was, with an actor who who doesn't get this, this would have been a terrible movie. And I yes. think I think Mila Kuni's performance here is of someone who who understands and empathizes with this character, and I want to say maybe felt the pain, like the the. The, the sole pain that th this person was going through. Part of the, the things that are captivating for me in this story is, again, when we talk about someone being a shell of themselves, a shell of themselves, and in more than, on more than one occasion, the character says, you know, I'm like a wind-up doll. You know, wind me up and I'll tell you whatever you want to, what you, you want to hear. And... I think probably one of the characters who triggered me the most in this movie was the character of the mother, played actually brilliantly by Connie Britton. Yes. Because we've talked about this in, 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 in the podcast, you know, the two of us, we are children of, of narcissists and when we see it's all it's so predictable to a certain extent with us in the sense that when we we, we, we can always even guess what's going to be said next <laughs> <Yep>. you know 
And this character makes everything about herself. Yes. No does. matter how hard things were going for the daughter, she always ended up claiming the pain to herself because look what I've done for you. Yes. Look what you're doing to me. What yes. are people going to say about me? Me, yes. me, me, me. And, you know, you can tell that the daughter had learned to live with that. But at the same time, she started standing up for herself and telling her, you know what, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, that scene in the, you know, bridal uh, shop, for yes. me, I, 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 that's one of those that I suffered through. Because I, I know I've told you the story when my mother came to visit <laughs> in the Dominican Republic. I was at the height of my professional life. I had basically, as a 27-year-old, I had achieved what <laughs> a lot of people had not gotten to do. For but like I, I didn't go to school to study, you know, hotel management. Right. In, and at 27, I was one of the youngest managers in Punta Cana. My mother came to visit, you know, saw the, the reality of, of like me being in command. And asked me, people must like you very much here because they do what you say. I'm like, that's because I'm <laughs> the manager. She's like, yeah, you still could have been a good pastor, though. <laughs> Because yeah. that's what yeah. she wanted. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm like, you have a VIP band. People are treating you like you are the fucking queen of Haiti here. That's because of me. That's because you're the mother. You're the mother to the operations manager to this place. Mm -hmm. But you would mm -hmm. rather see me behind a pulpit or some shit, right? Mm -hmm. And and this is what this is this is what these characters going through here. To a certain extent, yes, she is, she's good at what she does. Is it what she writes are these things that are going to change the world? No. But basically she is the golden, golden egg hen in that entire publication. You're still the golden egg. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yet she doesn't feel like she's done, she's doing her best because of all the sentiment of doubt that her mother places in her, you know. That to me is triggering and painful as 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 you can ever imagine. If if you think of the scene too where they're on the dock and it's uh there's there's been a party or something and the character goes Mila Kunis's character goes, Annie goes for a walk to the dock and her mother follows her in these ridiculous shoes and is, you know, screaming at her the whole time to come back. And uh, she essentially trashes everything that her daughter has accomplished on her own. Yeah. And, and then says, you can, maybe when you are, aren't standing on a pile of other people's money, you'll understand where I'm coming from or something along right. those lines. Right. And it was like, Okay, so your daughter has achieved what you wanted. And it, this was set out at the beginning of the movie, and I'm sure in the book too, that I'm sending you to this school so that you can be around these rich boys, so you can find a rich husband, 
so yeah. that you can be a rich wife and you know do these things and and so she's achieved what her mom wanted for her yep. but she didn't do it good enough right. or something right you know right. <laughs> she whatever whatever she did it's never going to be good enough even if it's exactly what the mothers wanted it's not it's not it's not exactly what i wanted this is the type of mother the, the mother that Connie Britton plays here is the type of mother who will brag to her friends about their daughter that she can never, she will never find the courage to say, well done, I'm proud of you. Right. She will always tell their daughter, oh, you're doing shit. You're not good enough. You're letting mm -hmm. me down every time. But yet, whenever she talks to her friends, and, and this, is the, this is the kind of thing, like I remember when, um, when I went to my mother's funeral, Everybody was like, so you the son? I'm like, yeah. Oh, man, this woman never stops talking about you. You like the the prodigal son and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you sure we're talking about the same person? <laughs> you? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, mm -hmm. then my siblings, they tell me this shit like, oh, man, like on your birthday, she wouldn't even eat. She would get sad and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no. I don't know what you guys are talking about because I never heard that, you know, mm -mm. it, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all an act. It's all about them, 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 you know, and 100%, 100%. This girl was already victimized by her mother yes. to begin with, <laughs> which yes. is, which is yes. why. Which is why she she was the way she was, and yes. I like the way you put it. Like it's not a it's not a story of neither revenge nor nor redemption, but rather claiming the time to tell my story, telling my side of the story, and when I'm ready to tell my side of the story, which is again why we need to stop asking women why didn't you come forward sooner, mm -hmm. because. Mm -hmm. I like the the what the movie leaves you with this sensation of this happens to this woman, but it has happened to far many more women than you can ever imagine, and here they are finding their voices through this article that Annie Fanelli wrote, because all of the responses were. I've carried this thing with me for 45, for 30, for 20, for 10, so long ago. I can't imagine. Thank you. Maybe one day, maybe one day, your article, your story has told me that maybe one day I will be ready to tell this story. Like I said, the message in this movie, if, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if nothing else, understand the message of this movie is do not question do not question the reason a woman takes 30 years to tell her story of having be, been victims of rape and violence because they will say they have the right, they have the right to tell the story when they're ready to tell the story. Not when you, felt, when you feel it should be done. Whatever you feel should have happened, they should have done, fuck you. It's not your place to tell it. That yeah. to me, that that's 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 the best I got of this movie. I don't know about you, <laughs> that's the best I got yeah. out of it. 
No, and and to also understand that uh, to have compassion for the people who have been carrying this for so long and how it can if you don't even even if you don't tell the story but but you deal with it through therapy or through talking to trusted people but you don't necessarily press charges or 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 something like that but if you deal with it how you can still have a productive and glowing and happy life but if you just try to box it up and put it away and pretend it never happened you can become not yourself you can yeah. lose your sense of self and yeah. this thing can eat at you and can be make you become the wind-up doll that says what other whatever anybody else wants wants to hear the yeah. the the person who is constantly a people pleaser who constantly wants to do the things just to make other people happy and then you know will explode one day over some little what is perceived to be some little tiny thing, but what people don't understand is that you've been so angry for the past five fucking years or yeah. 10 years yes. or 35 years or 45 years that this is the first time that you've had an outlet to any of that emotion maybe. So I, I think the other thing to you to take away from this is, you know, even if you never tell your story to don't lie to yourself and, and, tell it to somebody even if you don't tell it publicly yeah tell it tell it to somebody and 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 don't let it fester don't let it become this this wound and boil in your heart and in your soul um it you can become a whole person again and yeah it'll take time but it's possible and and it doesn't have to be about revenge it doesn't have to be about anything at all like that it just needs to be about you and taking care of yourself yeah it's not gonna go away by not talking about it that's that's yeah. a fact but talk about it when you're ready and don't let anybody ready. question when you talk yes. about it don't let anybody question your motives talk about it yes. when you're ready and yes. uh and, that's it yeah and and if those people that you decide to talk to start to question your motives find somebody else yeah. to talk to yeah You've just found the wrong people to talk to. Exactly. That's all. Exactly. That's all. And it's okay. You can try again. Yes. Give up on those folks. Say, okay, you don't understand. We're going to try with somebody else. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about the cast. Yes, Mila Kunis has done an absolutely fantastic job here with this. But Chiara Aurelia, young Annie, this girl, this girl is amazing. This girl She's is fantastic. amazing. She is. When she cried, when she, when she, whenever she was crying, when she was in pain, when she was hurting, I so wanted to reach out inside my TV screen and give this girl the biggest hug that I could because my, what a portrayal. And... I don't know how old is this kid, man. Like she is good. Let's see. She's she twenty years is, old. Yeah, she's twenty. She's twenty years old. She's she's fabulous. She's give her her props, and I I don't know if this movie ever going to be looked at in terms of 
you know, awards and, and, and things like that. But this young actress should be nominated for something if it happens. Yeah, she's she is good. And I, I had no problem believing her as a young yeah. My look, my look. I, I, I actually they all of the young act the young actors they had portray the younger versions of the characters. I was like, wow, this is yes. they did a fantastic job with this. Absolutely. Finn Wittrock as Luke Harrison. Uh, this guy navigated the 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 rich douchebag in sort of like you know. So I am originally a rich douchebag, but I have a little bit of a conscience and 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 I try my best to be a better person, kind of thing. And he navigated that 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 line very well. What do you think? Yeah, I I liked that this that they didn't write him as completely a rich douchebag. You know, he yeah. really was he was more than that. He wasn't just a, a two dimensional character. Yeah. He was trying to to do things, but he also was leaning really hard at the same time on his upbringing and on tradition. Right, and just had a really difficult time with not being able to understand that she couldn't just quote unquote let it go. You know? Yeah, and. I think that that was, I think that was really, I, I, I admired the movie for that because yes. it would have been easy to just make him, you know, two-dimensional. An odious person. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And he wasn't, he really wasn't. He, it really seemed like he was genuinely trying, but, you know, just wasn't trying hard enough. <laughs> and, you know, at the end, at the end, he told her, like, look, in that little voicemail that he left her, you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't want you relieving this pain again. It's it's not necessarily like at that point I understood him. Like it wasn't. It's like I love you too much to see you go through this again. But if that's what it takes, if definitely what you want to do, then I'm I'm I'm, you know, one hundred behind you. You know, one hundred percent behind you. And I'm like, this guy is actually not a bad dude. But again, as you said, he was clinging to his birthright. And he knew that being a completely great, good person could probably put him in the in the wrong path with his with his parents and the money, you know. Yeah. So there's all that. It's it's a very it's a very hard combination of things, but very well portrayed by the actor Finn Wintrock. I kept looking for Jennifer Beals. I didn't know she was the one playing Lolo Vincent. <laughs> like Jennifer Beals was in there. It's so funny because when the character of Lolo comes came in, I was like, "I who is that? That's somebody. Yeah. I don't know who the somebody is." Yeah. yeah. So afterwards, when I read the cast, I was like, "Oh, that was Jennifer Beals." <laughs> I'm like, "What? Where was she?" And then like Lolo Vincent. Oh, really? That was her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, nicely done. Very good character, mm -hmm. and and I like I like the the good Samaritan ship that she played in Honey Fanelli's life. But in a way, it's like I'm going to use you, yes. But whatever I get, you get some too. Do you know? Mm -hmm. what I mean, it's not a question of I'm going to use you and take credit for what you do, but rather a partnership of like. I'll use what you give me, but you will get everything I got to. You know, the whole yeah. move to the New York Times thing, like it's me and you. You know what I'm saying? I love that. I like I like this partnership that 
that Lolo Vincent and Annie Fanelli had. And it was great. What do you think of the character played by Justine Lu uh, Nell Rutherford? Was she the good friend, really? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. That that I don't know. Something about that just seemed off every so often. Yes. And then it would be okay, and then it yes. was off again. And I, I don't know what, yes. quite what was going on there, but something didn't ring completely true for me with that. It completely threw me off when she sort of like sided with the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bridal at uh, the bridal shop thing, and I'm like, but no, that's <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know either. I, I think the actress was good, but I, I didn't quite understand that character. The character was a bit complicated for me too, uh, you know. Yeah. And Connie Britton, probably best supporting actress here. She's fantastic. Yeah. She's really fantastic in this. She, uh, she, she really got like the, the posture and the, the facial expressions down. And it was just, it was, it was, I, I, I like Connie Britton a lot and I, I love that how she can kind of, she, she can, she can very much change the way she looks just by her facial expression and the way yeah. she carries herself. And she becomes a completely different character. She's a great character actress. Yes. And yeah. uh, um, I don't think that she really gets thought of that per se, because I think of the whole, the Nashville TV series she was on. I think everybody just thinks of that with like the blown out hair and the Southern accent. But yeah. she's, she's, she's much more than that. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think for me is the fact that she is so good at playing very, you know, kind characters. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you see her here and she kills it and you believe it and you feel a certain type of way about her because this character is horrible, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and she delivers with this character. You're like, damn, I hate you. I can't mm -hmm. believe you're Connie Britton. <laughs> 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 yeah, love it, love it, love it. Uh, what do you think of uh, young Thomas Barbuska, Arthur Finney? He was very, very good. You always like, who the hell is this kid? Very yes. good, very, very good young actor. Really badass, you know what I mean? Like, he was playing a, a, a character that you would think he's a feisty character, but he can fight too. Yeah. He kicked ass. <laughs> Yes, he really, really did. Yeah. He really, really did. Like when that, that scene came up, you know, you were kind of like, oh, he's going to get his ass kicked. And it was like, whoa. Yo, <laughs> that little motherfucker could fight, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was fighting a rich little motherfucker too. So, yeah. Know. True. Yeah, they don't have enough street to fight. Like, <laughs> like fight, fight. You know. Scott McNary here as Mr. Larson. Great. I like this actor, and I keep thinking, what the hell have I seen him on uh, recently? You know, because his face, that little mustache, that never changes. He's, he's in, in everything he is, he's got the little mustache. And it's yeah. not a creepy little mustache either. It's like, it's like. No, it, it isn't. It fits his face. Sort of like endearing. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, really. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, some people like the mustache wears them. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache wears them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really dope. Um, so who else uh, do you, do you want to give props here? Uh, let's see. There was there was one actress I thought was really good. Um, it was one of the one of the cool girls. I actually thought she was good. I think it was she played Hillary Hutchinson, Alexandra Beaton. I thought she was I thought she was good in kind of trying to be it wasn't a very large role but i thought she was good in trying to be one of the popular girls or being one of the popular girls i should say mm. and also kind of a mean girl and uh but i i thought that she she was she was good in the role i thought she was um she brought more to it than you would think from just being on screen for a couple minutes yeah leah pinsent was the aunt that she called a flabby cougar <laughs> That, that scene was funny. Realized, I said that out loud. Yes. <laughs> that shit happened for real, though. Like, you know, I've said shit and I'm like, oh, so that, yeah, that was, oh, wow. This was like, <laughs> damn. And this was my mom asked me what did a cougar. Like, yeah, okay, well, it doesn't seem like anybody understood anyway. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, this guy, uh, Dalmar Abu Zaid, as that director. The skinny jean track. <laughs> Aaron Wickersham was uh, the name of the director, the skinny jean director. My boy's Canadian. Really? <laughs> yes, he's Canadian. Interesting. Yes. I, I thought it was funny when she was sitting across from him and she's like, I hate you in her voice. I mean, in her head, her voice is head. Her mind's, her mind's voice. I hate you. I hate your smooth voice. I hate your soft voice. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a Degrassi alum. Um, ah, okay. He was Danny Van Zandt in Degrassi, the next generation. So, and he's French-speaking because he uh, went to Collège Français in Canada. Oh, he's a French-Canadian. Your favorite kind. Yeah. <laughs> Let's don't don't get me started. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> what shall we say about this movie, Jojo? Um, that we haven't said. I, I think. I think that it's, uh, I don't really know that we've said we've missed anything. I, I, I do feel like it's, it's a worth a watch. Um, I don't think it deserves the terrible reviews it got. And I, I just do think though, that if you're going to watch it, that you should be made very aware that it is, there are some very graphic scenes that you may either want to skip or just be prepared for, but yeah. Yeah. That's that's where we're gonna leave it too. This is good movie, but it, it may be painful to watch. And uh, if you know certain things trigger you, just seriously stop watching. No, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm serious. Just just you know stop watching, cause yep, uh, like I said. There's some terrible things here that you see, and it's just, if it's going to stay with you, it's going to disturb your peace, then don't. But 
Yeah. Don't don't pass on this movie because of what you hear, because of what somebody else tells you. Watch it. See how much you can go through it. As you said, Jojo, Mila Kunis has done a fantastic job here. I think she produces this movie too. I believe so, yeah. And uh, these are these are stories that need to be told. Maybe not as graphically as they were <laughs> as this one is told, but as you said, yeah. If this is what if this was a precondition for the the screenwriter who is t telling the story as her own story, then we must respect that. And uh, hopefully it has worked. Hopefully something good comes out of that. Uh, yeah. Right, Jojo? Agreed. Agreed. All right. So we are going to call it a day today. And uh, before we do that, of course, we want you to find us on uh, social media. Look us up. Do you think we are everywhere that you could you, you could imagine, like Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have a Facebook group and everything. You actually can follow Jojo on Instagram, which is the only place you'll ever find her. Uh, exclusive. Exclusive to Instagram. And that would be as? KNS co-host. KNS co-host, as in kicking and streaming co-host, right? And uh, for me, you'll find me on Twitter and on Instagram as Mr. Putzeta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. So, we have arrived to the end of the show. And for me and for Jojo, this is goodbye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group. 